Have a need for new and exciting products? Zero3D.com takes a clean slate approach to design and manufacturing. Zero3D.com features a wide variety of innovative products for the Harley Touring Market and other Harley Big Twins such as the Softail and Trike models. Zero3D's product line includes parts for performance, comfort, and lighting. You'll be getting components of great quality and are affordable for the rider. Because we are riders, we have a passion for design and innovation, and there is always something new to see at Zero3D.com. All of our products offer easy installation. With the proper tools and a little experience, you'll be able to get a part or accessory from Zero3D on the bike with no welding, grinding, or cutting. At Zero3D, we also have a design team with over 40 years of experience, and because our story is deeply tied to motorcycles, we offer great customer service when you need it. And Zero3D's design team is at all the big rallies where we are talking to riders and are working with riders face-to-face. Zero3D products are distributed in the United States by Drag Specialties, in Europe by Parts Europe and Zodiac, and in Asia by Twin Art. Check at your local Harley dealer and ask for Zero Parts. Visit Zero3D.com or call us at 715-808-808. 0027 if you have any questions about any Zero3D.com product. Design is the landscape of the mind, where innovation dwells. We are Zero, zero Zero3D.com. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to episode 97 of the Motorcycle Men podcast. I am Ted, wrong way, here in the V-Twin Cafe in the corner booth once again. Thank you very much for tuning in and listening to this show, and of course for tuning in and listening to all of the Motorcycle Man episodes. 50% of all contributions via Patreon and direct donations will be donated to VetRest, and VetRest helps our veterans who live with post-traumatic stress, and we here at the Motorcycle Man Podcast are doing our part to make sure our servicemen and women are taken care of. Your donations and contributions to the podcast also benefit them, your help regardless of its size, goes a long way. And if you would like to help out our vets, you can make a one-time contribution by clicking on the Donate button on the homepage, MotorcycleMen.us, or you can click on the Subscribe button there as well if you'd like to make a monthly donation. Either case, anything you want to donate would be greatly appreciated. And Zero3D, our sponsor, has just released their new 80-page online catalog of motorcycle accessories, comfort, and performance parts for your big twin. And they have a lot of great stuff over there, so be sure to check them out and tell them that the Motorcycle Men sent you. All right, now, every year, uh, the Motorcycle Men head off to New York to check out what's new and what's happening at the International Motorcycle Show, or IMS, when it comes to New York, uh, to the Jacob Javits Center. We do this for two reasons. One, because we like motorcycles. We like to spend money there. And two, because we're too poor to head off to Milan for the ICMA show. But this year, we're going to do things a little different, and you may just see us at a different motorcycle show. And I'm talking about the world-famous American International Motorcycle Expo, or AIM, when it comes to its new location in Columbus, Ohio. And here to tell us all about that is the boss in charge over there, Mr. Larry Little. 
All right, joining me now all the way from someplace in sunny California, you bastard, is the um, the general manager and vice president of the AIM Expo, American International Motorcycle Expo, Mr. Larry Little. Larry, welcome to the Motorcycle Men Podcast. Thank you, Ted. You know, it is lovely weather out here today, I must say. I actually rode my bike in today. It was so wonderful. You suck. <laughs> now, because it's, it's been Thank raining. You. It's been raining here for the past forever. You know, so uh, so we're in California. We're in California. Yeah, well, well, big deal. <laughs> Where are you in California? Southern California, uh, the whole state, just, the whole southern state, whole. So, you're, that's the whole, where you're from. so, so basically, live in Orange County, oh, okay. uh, which is uh, south of Los Angeles, and it's right. where a lot of the motorcycle industry is based. And that's really the reason that uh, I'm here is because I've been working in this business since the late '70s. So. It's uh, it's been fun, and uh, but we're actually right now we're in the city of Irvine, which oh, okay. is where the where the motorcycle industry council that uh, puts on the AIM Expo is uh, based out of. Great. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role with AIM Expo, and then we're going to get into what you're riding. All righty then. Well, a little personal history on myself. I uh, actually this is pretty funny. Almost exactly forty years ago to the day, I met my now wife, who at that point worked at Yamaha, but I was back in Boston attending a snowmobile dealer meeting with a dealer buddy of mine. And uh, fast forward about six months, I couldn't live without her, so I moved to Southern California, and she helped me get a job in the industry, and I went to work uh, my first job at, a, if you remember, Cycle News was the old yeah. weekly uh, publication uh, back in the back in the late 70s, and spent a little bit of time there, went on to Motorcyclist Magazine after that, and joined Cycle World Magazine in 1981, selling ads on the West Coast, and uh, really moved up the ladder there and became publisher with of the magazine in 1990, and really ran that whole publishing operation for the company that owned it until I left there in 2010, which right. was really, really, really a fun, fun experience to get exposed to you know, the media side of our business, as well as getting to know a lot of people in the industry, which, you know, served me well over the years. But, you know, that's uh, being there really opened up a lot of doors. And I joined the Motorcycle Industry Council's board of directors some 20 years ago and served on served on the board until a couple of years back. And, you know, it was really working at Cycle World that uh, really brought me to the realization when i went to the eichma show in germany or eichma show in, in milan italy wow. for the first first time probably in the early 90s that you know as an enthusiast i was very wowed by the whole affair it was it, you know, if you're familiar with it it's the annual yeah. show in milan it's where so many of the intros of new motorcycles and parts and accessories are uh, worldwide on a worldwide basis and i realized after i went there both as an enthusiast and from the media side that there was nothing really like that in the U.S. And so I came home, and I went over to the guy that uh, I knew that was a good friend of mine that was producing both the IMS shows at that time and the Dealer Expo, which was the trade show in the market at that mm -hmm. time. And I said, look, we got to find a way to do this in the U.S. because there's just so much energy and excitement at the ICMA show. And so... We sat down, we did a little bit of diligence on all of it, and back in the early 90s, which is when we had that meeting, uh, it just, the U.S. market just wasn't set up for it. And really the, the biggest reason was, was that all the motorcycle manufacturers over here 
did individual meetings with their dealers to introduce all the new bikes uh, because the the U.S. was such a large market. So basically tabled that idea because it wasn't really uh, feasible at that point. And then after I left Cycle World in 2010, did some consulting, and lo and behold, the guy that I knew that I had the original conversation with had left that company and gone to work for another show company, and we brought the idea back, and I spent about a year doing research on it with the industry and across the dealer body and through some consumers about what it would be like to have kind of a national motorcycle show in the U.S., you know, a place where the industry can come to create a platform to introduce new products. Because at the end, at Cycle World, our number one web traffic stories at that point were stories about introductions of new product at ICLA. So it drove me crazy that an Italian show would be showcasing all the new product that would be ending up in America. So Now, none of the American manufacturers are over there in ICMA, are they? Well, none of the, the, really, the, when you talk about manufacturers, all the manufacturers uh, realistically are at, at ICMA. Okay. You know, it's just, you know, Harley's there, Indian's there, all the Japanese are there, all the Europeans are there. Uh, and they do it, you know, from their, their European distribution arms over there. So the American distribution arms don't take don't take uh, take part in it necessarily, but that's that's our plan was to get the American distribution arms mm-hmm. in America to introduce product that is principally going to be for the American marketplace right. uh, at a at a platform in America. Okay. So that's that's what we did. And after a year and a half of research, we announced the intentions to do a Mexpo in early 2012 and in October of 2013. Uh, the first AIM Expo premiered in Orlando, Florida. And this will be our fifth year, uh, in this year moving to Columbus, Ohio for the first time. Wow. That's, it's quite, a, it seems like a quite an undertaking because all the parts that you had to put together to make this all happen. Well, it's, it was no small feat, but you know, I, it's, it was very energizing for me and for Mike Webster, who's the, the gentleman that I talked about because We'd spent a career in an industry that we love. We're both enthusiasts and we really wanted to see there was no spotlight to shine on the American marketplace. And that, that's probably the thing that, that really bothered us more than anything is there's a lot of wonderful things happening in the U.S. market, but everybody looked to Italy to see what was going to happen. Yeah. You know, so that, that drove us crazy. So we were, we were very motivated and very energized to, to make something happen. And, and, you know, we assembled a great team around us of people that had been the, in the business. Uh, Cinnamon Kearns, who's our show director, she's been an enthusiast for the last 20 years. In fact, she has a Aprilia Tuono, which is very a pretty high wow. demo sport bike. So, yeah. So, I mean, we have passionate people producing something that, you know, we understand will be for a passionate audience of uh, motorcycle enthusiasts. Well, you know, it's nice to see that enthusiasts uh, took the time and the devotion, and did the research, and put this together, rather than some suits in an office who thought it was a good idea. Well, I mean, that's you know, at some point you do have to have the money factor come into uh, yeah, play, I where suppose. it has to be commercially commercially viable. But you know, that's probably the reason that so many of us have spent our careers in the motorcycle industry is because most of the people are passionate, yeah. and uh, even when you have to put a suit on, which isn't at all very often anymore thank god <laughs> but you know but the the people you're talking to are understand and they get it and they understand they, you know it is a business but you know what drives our business is people who have a passion for things right. you know, I, I tell this i tell the stories it's a very short quick story you know we have we have a, a industry expansion 
campaign called Discover Today's Motorcycling that started in the early 90s. And I remember going to a meeting of that at the Long Beach IMS show in a hotel across the street from the show. And I walked into the hotel, typical hotel. You walk down the hall of meeting rooms, and you look at the little sign outside the meeting room mm-hmm. to see which one you're in. Yeah. And before I got to the one that said the Motorcycle Industry Council, uh, Discover Today's Motorcycle, I, I walked past one that said the American Pet Food Association. And I thought to myself, <laughs> But for the grace of God, I could be walking into that room instead of the one that said motorcycle on the outside. So we're we're very blessed to be able to spend a career in the industry as well yeah. as well as being enthusiasts ourselves. Perspective is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Yeah. So listen. Yes, so you're obviously is. you're obviously an enthusiast and a rider. So tell tell us what you're riding. Well, right now uh, my. Primary personal bike is the Yamaha Super Tenere adventure bike. Nice bike. Really, I grew up in upstate New York riding dirt roads, riding single track, all that stuff when I was a teenager. And I, you know, the, I, that was my first love is really riding dirt bikes. And it, it gets a little more difficult to do out here without a commitment of time. You have to load up and Mm -hmm. you have to go about two hours to get to good riding from here out in the desert. So adventure bike is a great, uh, is a great cross between Still being able to get on some back roads and, and get the dirt out of you while you, while you sure. need that, when you need that. But uh, also a great street bike. And, uh, you know, it's it's a great commuter because it's got bags and the whole thing. So yeah. you, it's pretty much a, a do-everything bike. But, I got, you know, I have a couple of vintage Japanese bikes, which were my first bikes that I got when I was growing up. And I got those restored. And, yeah. and, you know, it's just those types of things. But I, I'm... By virtue of my background in cycle world, I've been blessed, uh, really, to have been able to ride almost any and everything mm. through the years. And I'm, like you said at the beginning, I'm a motorcycle guy. I love riding motorcycle motorcycles of any any size, shape, and description because you're going to have fun. Yeah, you know, it's like exactly. like somebody said, it's 31 flavors. You get to pick <laughs> whichever <laughs> flavor that day you think tastes the best. Well, so how, how many flavors do you have in your ice cream shop? Well, it's it's kind of pared down now to just uh, to just that that particular ADV bike and uh, and my vintage bikes at this point. I sold my dirt bike because I found I wasn't riding it enough. Yeah. And uh, but I'm I'm still looking for the next motorcycle, as most of us are, thankfully. Well, so yeah, of course we always are. So, so you have so how many vintage bikes do you have? Uh, now it's down to two. I have an, a 1970 SL350 Honda, and I have a 1967 CB160 Supersport Honda, which were two of the iconic bikes that, uh, uh, in my growing up in my my teenage late teen and late teenage years that uh, I spent. But I've you know through the years owned all manner of motorcycle. Oh, yeah. but it, it's it's a lot of it's you know it's, that's what's great about it. You can I mean, have fun and just funny, about everything. Uh, I had a guest on who actually turns out to be a friend of mine. Uh, he he's in upstate New York and he has he owns a winery, but he also has a collection of about twenty or thirty vintage Honda motorcycles. Wow! Yeah! Wow! I could I could connect you two if you want. You should, yeah, you should, because <laughs> I, actually I was actually hoping to yeah. be in upstate New York this week to go to AmeriCade, but my uh, some other stuff, me some too. other stuff that I had put put uh, all together fell apart, and it, and I yeah. and I and I have to be back actually. Next week, back that way, so I, I couldn't get out there this week and next boat. So yeah, you don't want to be in Americade this week. No, it's a bad week to be up there because it's raining like crazy. But, oh, well, so where in upstate New York did you do your riding? I grew up southeast of Albany, between Albany and Pittsfield, pretty much. Oh, out okay. in the country. Uh, yeah, all right. Way so out, the, way out in the country. You were east of the Hudson then, weren't you? 
I was east of the Hudson. Ah, yep. okay. Yeah, because yep. I'm uh, I have a, I have a farm in upstate New York where I'm actually by Cooperstown. No, oh, I went. Well, I went to Oneonta State. <laughs> oh, oh, did you really? <laughs> yes, small I did. Small <laughs> world. Yeah, and you're right. There are plenty of dirt roads up there, right? And I've taken my Harley down plenty of those dirt roads, so I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you know what? It's it. You can see so much of the country by getting off the paved roads. That's, Absolutely. That's the, part, that's the part that I like most. Most of all is that you know part of the reason that you ride is to you know have this individual spirit, and mm-hmm. when you can get away from. A lot of the other stuff, it really, it really helps. I'll tell you what, it really, really Exploration helps. Exploration clears the mind. That's yes, for sure. it does. So, AIM is moving to Columbus, Ohio, for 2017, and then it, your guys are going to Las Vegas in 2018. Now, you've been yep. in Orlando for as, as long as you were. Why the change? And was it always the plan to move it to a new location year after year? Well, actually, the original plan was to be in Orlando for three years to get the show established. And we wanted to go to a place that could accomplish a number of things, which was to give people a reason to go from a business perspective. But knowing that a lot of the motorcycle dealers are family-run operations, we wanted to give them an opportunity if they invested in coming to Orlando to have the opportunity to do those other things that Orlando offers from a tourist perspective as well. And, you know, we had about 20% of our our attendees on a dealer side take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were also trying to co-locate it in a regional way with Biketoberfest at that time. And, but there, we did have a number of Biketoberfest attendees come to AIM Expo, but it was never as much as we thought. Right. And uh, we were almost competing in a little, in a little respect with Biketoberfest, which we didn't want, really want to do. But the long and the short of it was the original plan was for three years to get established and then look for another venue. And... The reality is when we started looking for other venues, because we take up 400,000 square feet of exhibit space. It's just a small show. Uh, yeah. Well, it takes <laughs> you, it takes you out of the, the game in, in a lot of cities. So a lot of cities have convention yeah. centers up to about 250,000 square feet. So you're kind of in a tier one situation. And believe it or not, even though the economy had still been recovering for whatever reason, the convention business, had actually been taken off before the economy actually took off again itself. So mm-hmm. we weren't able to get dates. Uh, realistically, you're planning at minimum of three years out wow. to get dates. Wow. And so we stayed one extra year in uh, Orlando. And, of course, as luck would have it, uh, the hurricane, Hurricane Matthew came along and yep. upset the apple cart right before the show. <laughs> yeah. So it hurt us a little bit. But, you know, we were always planning on, on going anyway. And. We searched, you know, pretty long and hard in the Midwest part of the country as our next place because, uh, realistically, within 500 miles of Columbus, not only is there 50% of the U.S. population, there's over 40% of the nation's motorcycle dealers. Yes, that's so amazing a, in itself right there. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, real, honestly, it's the reason that the American Motorcyclist Association is, is based outside of Columbus is because when they were established, you know, in the 30s, I believe, is when they were, 20s or 30s, when they were established, it was like 80% of all the riders were within 500 miles of Columbus wow. back at that, back at that, back in those days before the, the move west. So, yeah, so we, you know, we wanted to move to a place where the show was more accessible to both the, the dealers on the trade side, but okay. also the public, because, you know, if you draw a 500 mile circle around Orlando, you get, you know, a lot of dolphins and whales yeah, and, right. and sharks and, and, and those coral. types of things. So, yeah. Yes, exactly. So, <laughs> So that, you know, 
the reason so Columbus of all the cities and we looked, uh, we looked and there's a lot of great cities in the Midwest. You know, we looked at Indianapolis, Louisville, uh, Cleveland, you know, St. Louis, we had a host of cities in the Midwest, but I will tell you what, the, the folks in Columbus are genuinely excited that the motorcycle industry and, and, a, and, a, and a bunch of consumers right. are going to be coming to their city. And they have, I will tell you, they have rolled out the red carpet. They have, they have listened to us in terms of what our, our unique kind of audience is going to need mm-hmm. when we show up. Uh, and, and basically the greater Columbus convention center, uh, offers that as well as the whole city itself. I mean, we've been very, very excited by how the whole business community there looks at, you know, outsiders coming in and seeing Columbus as being very important to them. And so they've, they've gone a long way to, to helping us out. And just to give you an example, we've already got them to close down the, the main street that runs in front of the convention center. It's called High Street. Okay. It's four, it's four lanes. They've already agreed to shut down one of those lanes out really? front of the convention center, which is probably two and a half blocks long. Wow! Uh, for motor for for free motorcycle parking uh, during the consumer day. Now, so I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, so it, that's just one example of the things that they've listened to us. Uh, we'll have additional free parking in the parking garages, but it's it's so nice to go to a community that understands. Uh, and and I'll tell you, I you know. When we were first drawing up a list of cities and someone said Columbus, I honestly just had a big question mark in my mind because I think the last time I was at Columbus was about two years prior. I went to uh, an AMA amateur banquet to receive an award on behalf of the Pediatric Brain Tumor Foundation, which I'm uh, on the board of. And it, awesome. I got there. It was January. I got there late you know, in the afternoon. I went to the banquet. I got up early in the morning and left on the plane. I really didn't see the town, and it was dark, and it was gray, and it was cold, and I was like, I don't know anything about, I really don't know anything about Columbus. <laughs> so it's the 15th largest city in the country, which no one really knows. Oh, wow. It's, re- it's really the third fashion capital in the United States after New York and Los Angeles because of so many, so many of the companies that are headquartered there. Uh, the, probably the most famous one that all of us would know is Victoria's Secrets. The company that owns Victoria's Secrets is headquartered there, but there's, really? there's a bunch, there's a bunch of fortune Fortune 1000 companies that are based out of Columbus. It's wow. it's pretty impressive. I mean, Ohio's, the Ohio State University is a rather impressive facility in and among itself. That's just you know just just out of downtown. So the whole yeah, it's the capital, but there's so many districts as part of town. And when where the the convention center is located, which is in the convention district, is right next to a really up and coming arts district called the Short North, and it's got a craft brew trail. It's got artisan coffee. It's got wow. all these indie restaurants and bars, and everything is. I mean, literally, the, within ten minute walk of the convention center, you can get to so much that, which is what made it so appealing for us to bring the industry there. Because a Muxpo will take over the whole Greater Con- Columbus Convention Center. All right. it's got four hundred thousand square feet of exhibit space. We're going to take over the whole thing. And there will be no other conventions in town. So we're going to own the town, basically. Wow. So it's really going to be motorcycle, you know, and power sports USA in terms of everybody that's going to be in town. Yay. So that, that, that in and of itself is just really exciting. Well, tell, tell me about the venue and well, like what kind of, um, uh, preparations has the, t- uh, the city made to allow for all of these motorcycles that are going to converge on this venue? 
Well, let me, I mean, just a quick story on the venue itself. The convention center just is this month completing a top to bottom uh, renovation, which is, it got stunning new architecture on the outside. Most of the times you go to look at these convention facilities and they're, they're pretty, you know, uh, concrete block appearing, but this is really, it's very up to date. Uh, it's, it's very modern. Uh, the inside is wonderful in terms of lighting. Usually the convention center lighting is pretty harsh. They've got actually all new LED lighting in the place. So right. it, from a facility perspective itself is wonderful. From the city perspective, uh, you know, we work basically how the business works is you work with the, the convention and visitors bureau, which is called experience Columbus. And they have everybody, you know, from the city council to, uh, the mayor to everybody on board. Uh, we've already, in, in fact, the mayor has already created a video. Uh, we're just, we just, and are just in fact putting it into distribution. I think you can find it on our social channels, but the mayor himself has done a video, uh, at one of the, from one of the local dealerships inviting everyone to come to see Columbus and, to, and, and saying why they should come see Columbus. So it's, it's that kind of cooperation that we're getting that really makes me feel good about the city welcoming, you know, motorcyclists and, and the motorcycle business uh, over a four day period later this, later this summer. Great. Now, is there going to be a lot of parking available for people who may be riding their motorcycles in from out of town? For the show? Yes, absolutely. Yes. There's going to be plenty of parking for riding in and into the show. If, uh, you know, if you're riding in to stay at a hotel in town, you're going to be, it's going to be up to you and their parking in that regard it's right. just you know it's gonna be a typical hotel deal but but uh there is you know we have our show hotels which are pretty much almost directly connected to the convention center but you know for fo- folks that are riding in from out of town there's going to be there's going to be plenty of other opportunities uh besides the the specific show hotels themselves mm-hmm. uh but we do have some great deals on hotels don't get me wrong i mean it's it's you know, there's you know some ease some really great ninety nine dollar hotels right next to the convention center. Wow, we've done our we've done our diligence and we have absolutely we've made sure that we have absolutely the best rates uh, from the show the ones that we've designated as show hotels. So it's we've it, you'll find you'll find it's you can get your you can get, go from the four star hotel down to the very 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 convenient but I think really nice hotels that are less than a hundred bucks. Wow, well, you know what I'm looking at? Uh, I'm actually. At, uh, I'm looking at Google Maps. I'm looking at Street View. This place is massive. Oh yeah, oh, this yeah. place is huge. <laughs> I, I oh, I've yeah. never seen a building quite this large before. Oh yeah, and it looks like oh, there's yeah. going to be plenty of parking for those who are might be staying in the area want to drive in and stay somewhere too. But it looks like there's going to be yeah. plenty of facilities available for everybody. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Oh, so yeah. aside from location, how is this year's show different from the previous year's shows? Well, the biggest, I think the biggest news for this year's show is that we're going to be joined by Indian and Harley Davidson for the first yeah. time. So it's the first time that, you know, these two Ameri- these two iconic American brands are going to be on the stage, you know, uh, the platform that showcases the best of the American motorcycle industry, you know, so that in and of itself, you know, we created this platform to showcase American industry, right. you know, these, now they're stepping up and they're joining us. And, and a lot of the reason is, is that because in year five, we kind of showed where we're at from a, from a maturity standpoint from the show itself. And, you know, they see, I think Columbus being in the, in the heartland in the Midwest, you know, there's a lot of riders of those two marks, mm-hmm. you know, those two brands in the Midwest, uh, you know, and we're also, 
really working hard. This is, this isn't by any stretch of the imagination a done deal, but we're working really hard to showcase the business of motorcycling and its impact on the American economy by inviting some key administration officials, starting with Vice President Pence, yeah. uh, who you may have seen on a motorcycle over the weekend at a fundraiser for uh, Senator uh, Joan Erskine from uh, from uh, Iowa, I believe she's from. And Pence was there. She's a rider. Uh, and I believe the, also the governor of uh, South Carolina was oh, there great. riding as well for the fundraiser. So he's a proven rider. Uh, it turns out that uh, uh, Bob Altoff, who's the owner of A.D. Farrow Harley-Davidson in Columbus, which is actually the oldest continuously operating Harley dealer in the country. Wow. Uh, believe yes, it or not. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, the... the, this, the Dealership is celebrating its 105th anniversary this year, but uh, Bob has some has some friends that uh, were friends with Vice President Pence, and so Bob penned him up a letter on behalf of AIM Expo and invited him to come. And uh, to be truthful, their schedulers have called and said we're trying to make this happen. So you know we haven't got a no yet. Oh, so that's a good. There very, you go. Yeah. Yes, yeah. so I think I think you know it's it's we're living in kind of an interesting time because. Yeah. You know, I don't know if you saw over Memorial Day weekend uh, with the big ride in D.C. But no, uh, yeah, unfortunately, I wasn't able to attend that. I've been wanting to go to that forever. I know, but uh, Sex State uh, Rex Tillerson rode in that, so we've got a number of officials in the the new administration that uh, motorcycling, as well as uh, 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 Secretary of the Interior Zinke, is also a big rider from Montana. So. We're, we're kind of blessed with, uh, for the first time in a while, it seems, a lot of folks that are riders. So we're going to try and take advantage of that and yeah. get some of the folks from the administration just to, just to demonstrate what the impact on the American economy is. Because we're basically, between motorcycling and uh, power sports, which includes the side-by-side -side, you know, uh, portion of the marketplace, which keeps a lot of dealers in business, right. we're, over, we're over a $40 billion a year business oh, sure. in this country. So. Oh, yeah. There's there's definitely an, uh, an economic impact. Now you're so, speaking about the about the vendor roster. It has gr it obviously has grown, uh, but how much has it grown in com by in comparison through the previous years? And uh, with uh, with the exception of Harley Davidson and Indy, what other new vendors are coming to AIM that have never been before? Well, you know, certainly the headliners, as you say, are, are Indian and Harley Davidson. But what's really interesting about AIM Expo is that from what we're expecting about 500 exhibitors this year. Uh, oh God, which is really? up, up, up a little bit from last year. We had about 455 or 56 last year exhibitors. Uh, there's interesting products all over the show floor. Mm. Uh, I, I am simply amazed every year and I try hard to see every single booth. And it's hard when you have close to 500 yeah. sometimes, but I'm amazed at the ingenuity that's on display from the smallest booths to the largest, from everything from lighting technology to what's going on in the helmet market to the fabrics that are used in apparel, they're really changing, you know, the rider's world for the better. Mm -hmm. And in fact, I noticed on our exhibitor list that one of the new exhibitors we have this year is DuPont Kevlar. So they'll be there to showcase some of the fabrics that go into the, the riding gear that we wear and, and what they're doing to help, you know, safeguard us from ourselves and those people in those four wheel cages that really spend too much time texting and never seem to see us. So, uh, you know, but that's those, I mean, a, a prop of Vic exhaust, you know, there's, there's a whole host. And if you go to amexpousa.com, A-A-M-E-X-P-O-U-S-A.com and click on floor plan, 
Yeah. There's a list of all there's a list of all the exhibitors. I'm looking at it new, right now. Yeah, and there's new there's a new sticker against all the new ones and you know some of them are some of them are uh, more on the trade side of the business than the general sure. public side of the business, but like I said, if you spend the time and you walk the show and it'll take you all day and you know probably you'd be best served to come back for for the second day uh to look at all the stuff and there's so many interesting products that you know that you were like, oh, somebody finally made that, or more often than not, I didn't know I needed that. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of that, but it's, you know, that's what's wonderful about, you know, this once a year kind of national show concept that AIM Expo really is. It's, yeah. we, we're shining a spotlight on the best of the American industry. And you that's, know, that's what's so fun for us. I'm looking at, I'm actually looking at the, uh, the floor plan now, and I see that there are a lot of spaces that have yet to be filled. Do you expect yep. to fill up every single spot here? Oh, absolutely. No absolutely. kidding. So you can yep. have like 600 vendors in here. Yes, it'll be over 500. I don't, I don't know if we can squeeze, actually squeeze 600 in because, you know, sometimes somebody won't buy, somebody will buy more than one of those little squares that you see there for their yeah. company. So, so we'll, we're, as I say, as I said, we're expecting more than 500 exhibitors and, this is the most, uh, this is the largest number of uh, OEM, the motorcycle manufacturers, the original equipment manufacturers that we've had at the show this year with the addition of Harley and Indian. But, yeah. you know, Kawasaki is back this year. We've, there's also some other, other, uh, companies like Cub Cadet that make products for mm-hmm. the consumer that, you know, are really interesting. So there's, there's a wide, a variety of, of power sports and motorcycle manufacturers that that are going to be on display uh, at AIM Expo this year. So, do you, you expect that there's more of a presence of motorcycle related, or more of a presence of power sport, or is it equally split? It's, it's all the above. It's oh, okay. all the above. You know, it's you know because at the beginning of the day, AIM Expo is a trade show, and it's all about you know what are those products and services that a motorcycle dealer. Uh, or a power sports dealer, whatever they're more commonly being called this, these days. Yeah. Only you, you won't hear a Harley dealership being called a power sports dealer. It's a motorcycle yeah. dealership. <laughs> but, you know, so their exhibitors want to show their wares to the dealers in hopes that, you know, the dealers will stock those okay. wares. So, you know, we, we probably have, uh, we probably have about a hundred companies or a little less than a hundred companies that are dedicated to, uh, products for the power sports side of the market, you know, for the ATVs, UTVs, side by side, those types of things. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of those companies also have motorcycle offerings. So it's not, it's not exclusive uh, as it were necessarily. Right. Okay. Now with all the big players making their presence this year at AIM, are you expecting any special announcements from any of these guys? Well, we've already confirmed that Kawasaki is going to have a global a reveal of a new model Ooh. that uh yeah so we're gonna what we're trying what you know what the vision was from the start was that we could create a platform that the the manu- motorcycle manufacturers could use to reveal new product to the world and, and and to the u.s market but you know hopefully to the world and that's what makes eichmann in milan tick that's what makes the the intermote show in cologne germany every other year tick is the is the idea that uh, the media will come there and, you know, they can unveil all these new products because all the media there. And, you know, last year, uh, the press component of, of Amex was really important. And last year we welcomed members of over 300 media outlets, outlets wow. to, bro- to broadcast you know, all the latest info 
uh, that was new from the show. So clearly there's a benefit, you know, from a media perspective mm-hmm. for, a, for a manufacturer to, to launch a model, but it also gets their, you know, dealer partners excited and it also gets consumers excited that this is absolutely the first place you're going to be able to see this new model. And uh, along with Kawasaki, uh, we're still working with some other manufacturers, but we do know that Indian and uh, probably Indian for a couple of the models, but Harley's dealer meeting where they show the new product to dealers is only a few weeks before AIM Expo. And so all the new Harleys will be seen in public for the first time at Ooh. AIM Expo. Ah. Yeah. So you, and you understand my, my, my radar says that there's supposed to be some uh, pretty neat stuff coming from uh, the motor company this year. So uh, there, there should be there should be some fun stuff to look at. And with regard to your media hub that you're going to be having there, what explain this a little bit. The media hub. So the, here's a, this is actually an interesting story about how we developed concepts for the show. Okay. When you go to ICMA on the media days in, in Milan, uh, the media in what I like to call a scrum uh, has to show up at the BMW booth at 10 o'clock, and then at 10.30 they're supposed to be over at the Piaggio booth, and then at 11 o'clock they're supposed to be at the Honda booth. Uh, and so that's how the yeah. intros are done over there. And some of the manufacturers do a good job with uh, AV, and some don't. And if you're not in the front row as the media, you maybe you can't hear as well. You're certainly not going to get any good photos of the actual sheet being pulled off the new motorcycle as it occurs. Uh, and so we, I took from that that, you know, why don't we make it easy for the media and easy for the manufacturer, you know, to focus on the bikes they want to introduce. So we came up with the concept of the media hub, which is on the show floor. I, I should point out when you, the media room that you go to to do your work is a good 10 minutes off the show floor. And it's not big enough for only about, 50 media people to work at one time and they have, you know, a thousand media people or so there. Of course, it is Italy and they do have fan- fantastic espresso in the media <laughs> room over there. But, but ours is set up with, uh, with basically a stage, uh, and, and dedicated media seating. It's, we've got where you've got, where we got a big pipeline for people to, to go to the internet out of there. Uh, we do actual presentations. There's specific presentation slots for both the manufacturers and the aftermarket companies that are introducing new products. So they can stand up in front of the media in a controlled environment and get their message across. And with, you know, time for questions and answers, right. uh, video is shot of the whole thing. So there's, it's, it's a concept that it's very accessible for the media to get to the show floor, to, to the media hub to do their work. Okay. A lot of their work will originate from the media hub itself and the manufacturers love it because, you know, they don't have to worry they're, they're it's set up so that their product can be staged uh, where nobody can see it beforehand and, and you really do pull, you know, the sheet off to reveal it. So, right. you know, it's, it's really, it's really a pretty cool deal. And it, that, that, that actually, that stage after the trade days then becomes our big presentation stage during consumer days. All right. Cause we take, we take down the media stations because really the media after the two days of the, of the new, of announcements, they're, they're gone to go home to do their work. Okay. <laughs> so are they'll, you, they'll well, hang out. Are you expecting a large media presence? I'm sure we'll get uh, probably a, uh, m- way more than we had last year, just because we're going to be more accessible. And there's right. a, because there's a lot of local media mm-hmm. in the Midwest region. There's sure. a lot of great actual uh, local 
you know, magazines and websites that are dedicated to the region in the Midwest. So we've already we've already heard from all of them, as you might imagine. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to hosting a lot, especially if we get uh, the types of reveals that we anticipate we're going to get uh, in addition to the Kawasaki one that's already been announced. Great. Just watch out for the podcast, guys. I hear they're trouble. Yeah, we know. We, we have a special screen for that at the front door. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> so, so listen, as although it may seem obvious, okay, what is the difference between the International Motorcycle Show, IMS, and AIM? You know, what can we expect to see from AIM that we don't or won't see at IMS? Uh, that's actually a great question because IMS has, has done a great job of showcasing product, you know, over the years. I, I You know, the big difference is is that, you know, AIM Expo is, is really a national show with a national national stage, and it's dedicated to creating the opportunity for companies to reveal all their new product. And that's really what it's about, is revealing new product. And from a general public standpoint, it's absolutely the first place you're going to be able to see a lot of this new product. Uh, not only that, but you know, visitors to AIM Expo are going to find the largest single gathering af- of aftermarket companies, You know, as I, as I mentioned, with yeah. about 500 total companies and brands exhibiting. IMS is, they're regional shows, uh, and they're pretty much about new motorcycles. Uh, and you don't get all the aftermarket companies. They do have the one segment where there's some kiosks with a lot of aftermarket product, but you don't actually get to talk necessarily to a person from the company. It's pretty much a person that's running the kiosk area. So, uh, you get to talk to the people, you get to directly talk to them why they developed the product for the reason that they did. You get to tell them firsthand what the hell's wrong with their product or why haven't they done this product yet or those types of things. And yeah. you just don't get that necessarily at IMS because it's all about the new motorcycles. Mm-hmm. We have all the new motorcycles, but we have all those aftermarket companies as well. And to be quite honestly, our ticket's cheaper for a bigger show. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, there you go. And I guess one of the other key features that AIM has over IMS is the demo rides that are being offered. Yes. Uh AIM Expo Outdoors is what we call our demo ride area, and that was, I talked originally about Orlando and why we selected Orlando. Orlando had a great opportunity uh, with an outdoor area that we could create this demo ride area, and that was one of the factors that looked into what city we actually selected when we left Orlando, and believe it or not, uh, Columbus has a good-sized parking lot that's easily going to be able to accommodate street demos for us this year. We're not going to be doing dirt demos this year because okay. it's just, A, there's not the room, and B, the expense of uh, hauling dirt in and hauling yeah. it out and do all that. I was that. just going to really, say, and C, there's really, no dirt. Right? It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it really wasn't going to happen. But right. the reality is is that you know so many of our visitors, excuse me, are street riders, and you know we're going to have, I think right now we have seven companies signed up to do demos outside, Harley and Indian included, but... Uh, We've got Yamaha, Suzuki, Kimco. I know there's a few others. I can't remember who they all are, but we've got seven manufacturers signed mm-hmm. up to do demo rides outside. So that's that's a lot, and it's actually you know it's all included right. in the price of admission to AIM Expo. It doesn't cost you extra. All you have to have is a license. Right. And of course, I think they require you to have shoes and long pants and that <laughs> kind of and a helmet. But the, that's that's about it. And now, so are there's, the... there's a lot to do. Well, with regard to the demo rides, I I don't know if you know, but I'm going to ask you anyway. So are the demo rides going to be restricted to a parking area or are they going to be permitted to go out into the streets of Columbus? No, no, they're just staged. They're just the, the, the manufacturers just staged. That's just an area that we staged them in. No, no, no. There's, 
it's a typical demo ride in that you have a leader and a follower and they're going to find routes oh, know, okay. through the city right. and, and kind of one of the beauties of columbus is is that it's easy to get out of the urban part of the city mm-hmm. so i'm sure that we haven't we haven't worked with any of the manufacturers yet on routes for the demo rides but uh it's going to be easy for them to find some scenic stuff where it's going to allow you to do, you know, the city stuff and the freeway stuff and, right. and some scenic scenic road stuff. So, I mean, it, it's all going to be within, you know, that 20-minute ride that you normally get on a demo. So, oh, we're, it, uh, we're, yeah, we're very we're very excited just because uh, of how convenient uh, Columbus is for a city for a lot of things, and demo rides is one of them. Excellent. Are there going to be any special shows or presentations at AIM 2017 that attendees might not want to miss? Well, you know, we started uh, we we started recognizing that the 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 custom market is changing a little bit, and yeah. we created the Championship of the Americas Custom Bike Builders Show uh, and launched it two years ago, and it's it's become quite a, a really interesting thing. If you think in terms of you know the one show in Portland, the hand built in Austin, and a host of other shows around the country, even the Harley the Museum Show in in Milwaukee. They're all starting to. It's it's not as much about uh, it's not as much about Chrome as it used to be. I guess that's probably the most kind way to put it. I, I, <laughs> uh, okay. It's more about there's there's it, there's a different kind of expression in the custom market, and yeah. so we recognize that, and so we created we created four different classes, and the, the information is actually on the website that you can take a look at. But it's been very successful, and the winner of the freestyle portion of our show actually goes gets a gets a expense-paid ticket to go to the Intermote show in 2018 really? to showcase at the, uh, the AMD World Championships over there. So our 2017 winner from or 16, 2016 winner from last year and our 2017 winner this year will represent uh, AIM Expo in the World Championships as American builders. And, and oh, nice. it, is, it is a true championship of the Americas. So it's you know from as far north as Greenland, you know, all the way down to the tip of South America. And we've got some international entries in the past as well. So it's usually, there's usually about 40 to 50 bikes on display in the four different classes because we limit it because we, we really want, we want the builders to understand that, you know, if they're going to go out of the way and build a really cool bike, that it's, it's going to be well displayed and they are. And this, that's really all part of an area of the show that we call custom culture, which is really about more about the new, the new, the new custom called the new, new custom movement. We're going to have, you know, that we're going to have the, you know, artists and alley with yeah. the pinstripe guys and, you know, some probably a barber and a tattoo guy that we've, you know, we've had those in the past. And, but it's more about just a feeling that, you know, there's a younger generation coming up. And what's really interesting is that they value the motorcycle experience just as much in you and I that have ridden for years. But we also understand that it's just one part of their life. Mm-hmm. Where you and I absolutely identify with the motorcycle, they look at a motorcycle and say, "That's an experience that I want to have." Yeah. But they also want a great coffee experience. They also want a good, you know, craft brew experience. <laughs> they, that's that's the difference. So we're trying to we're trying to create an area that they relate to and understand, and that's that's really what's all part of that. How is uh, how is Nationwide treating you guys with this? Because they're sponsoring the whole thing. So nationwide coming on as our presenting sponsor is really an indicator of two things. Uh, a, I talked about you know how the show has matured, you know, going into its fifth year as something that is has value for 
a national sponsor like Nationwide. But Nationwide is also a pillar of the business community in Columbus. Mm -hmm. They're headquartered in Columbus. Oh, wow. And I I talked earlier about... Yeah, and I talked earlier about how the community there really wants to see, you know, outside people come in and, and, and see Columbus for what they believe is a really great city. And mm-hmm. uh, so they've stepped up. And they have other business reasons for being there. They have business products to offer to the dealers as well as the consumer products, you know, insurance to the consumer. Yeah. But, you know, it, so it, it makes good business sense, but, you know, it goes beyond that to community sense for them as well. So, I mean, we're very, very fortunate to have them as a partner at AM Expo this year and really looking forward to having them come on board again in 2018 in Vegas. And then we anticipate uh, at this point, we're still finalizing the dates. I told you, you know, you have to work about three years out, but we're still finalizing the dates to return to Columbus in 2019. Oh, beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yep. So for the uh, folks like myself, I've never been to an AIM uh, Expo and I want to. I want to go. I couldn't never make it to Orlando. But I'm planning on coming to Columbus this year. Now, Great. what advice do you have for first-time attendees? What should they know or what should they do or not do? Well, first and foremost, ride Game <laughs> <Team> Expo. <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> That's the first, first piece of advice yeah. because the weather in September in Columbus is absolutely ideal. We were there actually last September at the exact time that AIM Expo will be taking place. And the, if you look at, you know, if you look at the, if you look at the weather sites, they'll tell you the average daytime temps are in the low to mid seventies and the night times in the upper fifties. And September is the second driest month of the year there. So all of that, there's no more humidity. The humidity has gone and it's just lovely. It's not fall yet. It's Mm -hmm. kind of that, that, that period of time between, you know, late summer and right before the, the first crisp of fall hits. And so, it's, you, you couldn't ask for better weather. And the roads getting to Columbus, especially from the east, you know, you need to make, there's, I, I, I don't know, I, I can't remember the name of the road, but there's a pretty famous, you know, Tale of the Dragon type road that's in eastern Ohio, I think, uh, along the West Virginia border that, okay. that, that people are telling me about. In fact, uh, A.D. Farrow, the Harley dealer there, uh, they're going to be doing a map of rides in the area that's going to be available for people to get before they come there. So I would definitely, you know, watch, you know, our social media for for that before the show, but, you know, definitely ride in, as I said, there's free parking when you come to the show at the convention center, you know, if you happen to be able not, if you're coming from a little farther away and you do fly in, it's completely convenient. Don't rent a car. It's only a 10 minute, $10 Uber ride from the airport to downtown. Okay. And everything downtown is easy walking. You know, the, the local airport, the John Glenn International Airport, has direct flights from, I think, about 33 cities around the country. So it's it's not difficult to get to. And, you know, the one of the things I would say you definitely need to do is you should attend the AMA Hall of Fame banquet to honor the legends of motorcycling. And that's going to be taking place on Friday night of AIM Expo, the night before the show opens to the general public. All right. And it'll be taking place in one of the show hotels right next to the convention center. Uh, the AMA Hall of Fame itself is only located about 20 minutes from downtown. No kidding. And we're, we're, yeah, and we're working with the AMA so that uh, your AIM Expo ticket will get you into the museum. Oh, and, that's and, and perfect. Vice versa. Yeah, so you know the AMA has been a great partner for for AIM Expo over the years. That this will be the third year that they've had the, the Hall of Fame located at AIM Expo, and you know, so it's it's that I think should definitely be on the list. So tell us how people can get tickets and learn more about the American International Motorcycle Expo. Well, uh, 
American International Motorcycle Expo is AIM Expo USA.com on the website. So AIMEXPOUSA.com on the website. You can go there and find all about the show and uh, get some discounted tickets as well uh, that are offered up on the site. I would also encourage people to sign up for our social channels on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, which is basically hashtag or at AIMEXPO. Uh, because we'll be running not only contests for prizes, but uh, different kinds of ticket offers over the summer leading up to the show. So it's a good okay, idea. And links to those are on the uh, oh, website. Yeah, that's correct. It. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Easy. 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 Okay. As, as Anything else uh, we should uh, we should know, our listeners should know about? Well, as I may have said before, make sure you ride because it's it's going to be a great time to have all motorcycling in town in Columbus, and it's, the city's looking forward to us coming and. It's uh, it's the best thing to be a part of it for the first year in Columbus. So we look forward to everybody showing up. Excellent. Well, Larry, I want to thank you very much for joining me here on the Motorcycle Men podcast. You ride safe, and hopefully I will see you in September. All right. Thanks, Ted. We'll look forward to seeing you there as well. Thank you very much. All right, then. Thank you for listening to this episode number 97 with Larry Little from the American International Motorcycle Expo. That is AIM. So make sure you take some time to check them out uh, on the web. And when they come to Columbus, Ohio on September 21st, 22nd, 23rd, and 24th. So listen, don't forget to check out our friends over at Loud Pipes Podcast, the Throttled Podcast, Motorcycles and Misfits, Cleveland Moto, Motorific, the Cafe Racer Podcast, and of course, Will Nerds. And for you video nerds, also please check out Del Boy's Garage on YouTube. And don't forget to go over and check out Rosie Gabriel and her videos and what she's doing over there riding around in Amman. That's some good stuff over there. Uh, remember now, all of these people who and all these podcasts and YouTube channels and many more out there like that, are, they do great things to promote and encourage our sport and our passion. So make sure you patronize them. And as always, always patronize all of the people we talk about here on this show. It's good for us. It's good for them. It's good for you. Also, look at our sponsors, Love Jugs. Cool off your big tin with big twin with Love Jugs. That's love-jugs.com. And, of course, Zero3D, providing you with top-quality accessories, comfort, and performance parts for your big twin, Zero3D.com. We use their stuff, and you should, too. And, of course, our new friends over at Uclear Digital. You talk to Dave over there and hook you up. We got ourselves some Uclear communication headsets, and they are fantastic. Love the audio quality. And last but not least, get your leather on with uh, Surefire Designs. Check out Joe G over there. Tell them the motorcycle men sent you. Custom lids for your bagger. And Sims Designs. You tell Jim over there that you know you know that your bike isn't cool and it needs to be cool. It needs to be Sims Designs cool. And, of course, get a hold of Dave Ackerman over at Tobacco Motorwear and get yourself some Kevlar Line jeans. And my favorite, the Kevlar Line California riding shirt. Some good stuff. All right, from Tim Buck to Chris the Joker and me, Ted, your host, thank you for listening to the Motorcycle Men podcast. This was episode 97 with uh, Mr. Larry Little of the American International Motorcycle Expo. That's AIM. And this has been the Motorcycle Men podcast where we say stupid crap so you don't have to. Good night.